0: From the Heidelberg Catechism, let's read together, Lord's Day 13. Why is he called God's only begotten Son? Since we also are children of God. Because Christ alone is the eternal, natural Son of God. We, however, are children of God by adoption through grace for Christ's sake. Why do you call him our Lord? Because he has ransomed us body and soul from all our sins, not with silver or gold, but with his precious blood, and has freed us from all the power of the devil to make us his own possession. beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? It's one of the most fundamental questions that a person can ever address in his or her life. Your answer to that question will help determine who you are, how you live, and what lies in store for you in the future. Every person in this world is a creature of God. God. But only some are his sons and daughters. Many in this world choose to live life on their own terms, to do things their way. It's only those who know Christ as Savior and Lord, who are willing to deny their own desires, to submit themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Those who do not know Christ or who have rejected him are walking a pathway To how? It's only those who repent and believe the gospel will be saved and who inherit eternal life. So again, I ask, who is Jesus Christ to you? When Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They told him that many thought he was John the Baptist or Elijah or one of the prophets. The people of Jesus' day recognize Jesus as a rabbi or teacher. And that's similar to the perspective that many today have on Jesus. Many see Jesus as a good man. They respect him as a great teacher who is accepting of others and who taught us to love our neighbor. But for many, that's all. That Jesus was. The Bible presents Jesus in a different way. It's true that Jesus is our great prophet and teacher, who has fully revealed to us the way of salvation. But Jesus is more than that. The Bible says that Jesus is the Son of God. In Psalm 2, Christ is prophetically spoken about as being God's only begotten Son. Paul makes reference to this in Romans 1, verse 4, indicating that Jesus Christ truly is the Son of God. John 3, 16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Hebrews 1, verse 3 says that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. According to the Bible, Jesus is not just a good man or a wise teacher. He is the eternal, natural Son of God. That's a message that many people struggle with. Already in Jesus' day, there was much opposition to his claims to be God's Son. We read from John 8 about Jesus' dispute with the Jews. In the midst of that discussion, Jesus claimed that if anyone kept his word, that person would never die. The Jews responded by calling Jesus demon-possessed. They asked, are you greater than our father Abraham? Who do you make yourself out to be? A little later they said to him, you're not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? To this Jesus replied, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was... I am. With these words, Jesus was claiming to be eternal. He was claiming to be God. So, beloved, if you are a serious student of the scriptures, you can forget about this nonsense of Jesus just being a good man or a wise teacher. That is not how the Bible presents him. C.S. Lewis addresses this in his book, Mere Christianity. Lewis was upset about people who say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. Lewis writes, That is one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He'd either be a lunatic, on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg, Or else he'd be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let's not come with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. Jesus has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. In the Catechism, we've been dealing with the names of our Savior. We've dealt with His personal name, Jesus. Mary and Joseph were instructed to call their son Jesus, for He would save His people from their sins. Last Sunday, we considered Jesus' official name, Christ. Describes His office how he's anointed by God to serve as our Redeemer. This afternoon we deal with two more titles given Jesus in the Bible. He's called God's only begotten Son and our Lord. When we confess Jesus to be God's only begotten Son, we focus on his identity, how he is the eternal, natural Son of God. When we confess Jesus as Lord, we focus on his authority, how he is king over all. I preach you the word of God under the following theme: We confess Jesus as God's Son and as our Lord. We'll consider Jesus' identity and Jesus' authority. We read together this afternoon from Matthew 22. In this chapter, we see how Israel's le- religious leaders ask Christ three questions. The Pharisees asked Jesus if it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar. The Sadducees asked him a question about whose wife who woman would be in the resurrection if she had married more than one husband on earth. And finally, the teachers of the law asked Christ, which commandment was the greatest? They asked these questions to try trip Jesus up. They wanted to trap him in his words. They were looking for any excuse they could find to hand Jesus over to the authorities. Yet the Lord Jesus answers all their questions openly and honestly. When the Jewish leaders are finished asking them questions, Jesus asks them two questions. The first is a lead up to the second, and the second is the most important question they've ever been asked. It's a question upon which their very salvation depends. This question concerns Jesus' relationship with his Father. It focuses the Jewish leader's attention on who Christ is and on how he had come to redeem his people. Jesus did not ask these questions with ill intent. He wanted to challenge the leader's spiritual blindness so they would repent and believe in him. In his first question, Jesus asked the Jewish leaders, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? By this time in his ministry, Jesus had referred to God as as his father many times. Jesus wanted the Jewish leaders to recognize he was God's son. He wants them to acknowledge he was the Messiah, sent by God to redeem his people. Yet the Jewish leaders are unwilling to confess Jesus as Christ. They give a standard response to Jesus' question. From the scriptures, they knew that the Messiah would come from David's line. The Lord made a covenant with David. He promised that his house and kingdom would endure and that one of his sons would reign on the throne forevermore. So the Jewish leaders answered Jesus' question by stating that the Christ would be the son of David. Jesus uses this answer to ask them a second question. He said to them, How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord? Jesus quotes from Psalm 110, where David said, The Lord, Yahweh, said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Then Jesus asked the Jewish leaders the most important question they would ever faced. If David calls him Lord, how is he his son? It's a question none of the Jewish leaders could answer. They had no explanation for how it was possible for the patriarch David to call his son Lord. It's normal for children to address their father with respect. For a child to call his father Lord would fit perfectly with the culture of the day. Yet it was unheard of for a father to put himself in a subservient position with respect to his son. Why would a father take the role of the lesser and call his son Lord or Master? It's completely back to front. The Jewish leaders do not have an answer to Jesus' question Matthew tells us no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. There's a reason why Israel's religious leaders could not answer Jesus' question. It's because of their lack of faith. It's because their eyes were blinded, their hearts were hardened. There is a logical answer to Jesus' question. That would require the Jewish leaders to confess Jesus as the Messiah sent from God. They cannot give this answer because they refuse to believe that Jesus was God's son. At this point, we come back to Jesus' questions. Both are driving at the same thing. Jesus' first question was, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? Well, beloved, well, we know, don't we? It is as we confess in Lord's Day 13... He is the only begotten Son of God. Jesus' second question gets at the same thing. He asks, How is it possible for David to call his son Lord? Again, the answer is the same. It's because Jesus is the Son of God. That's the point behind the questions Jesus asked of the Jewish leaders. He wanted to get them to acknowledge he was the Son of God. Their very salvation depended on them understanding this and believing it. And beloved, the same applies to us. We also need to know who Jesus is. Knowing who Jesus is changes everything. It gives us perspective on who we are. On how we are to live. And on what the future has in store for us. In Lord's Day 13, we confess that Jesus is called God's only begotten Son because Christ alone is the eternal, natural Son of God. Jesus was not born or made or created. We know that he has existed from eternity as God's Son. He's called by this name to point out the intimate relationship that exists between the Father and him. The scriptures clearly teach us about the intimate relationship between the Father and the Son. When Jesus was baptized, the Father poured out the Spirit on Jesus. He said, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. During his ministry, Christ often referred to God as his Father. He spoke about the temple as being my Father's house. Again and again, he presented himself as God's son. The Jewish leaders got very upset with Jesus because of this. John 5.18 tells us they tried to kill Jesus because he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Yet Jesus does not back away from his claim to be the son of God. In John 8.58, Jesus told the Jews, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was Before Abraham was born, I am. The Jews understood very well Jesus was claiming to be God. They thought this was blasphemy. And so again, they picked up stones to stone him to death. They just could not accept that Jesus was the Son of God. And yet, beloved, we must believe what we confess in Lord's Day 13. We must believe that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. Our salvation depends on it. Our catechism emphasizes that our relationship with the Father is dependent on the fact that Christ is God's Son. It says, We are children of God through grace for Christ's sake. We are adopted as God's children through the work of God's only Son. It's through Christ and his redeeming work that we are restored in our relationship with the Father. Through grace in Christ, we're set apart as God's dearly loved children. Various scripture passages make this clear. There was a time when we too, like the rest of mankind, were under bondage to sin and Satan. But then something very special happened. Paul writes in Galatians 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. 1 John 3 verse 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. God sent his Son to redeem us, to pay the price for our sins. He did so that we might receive adoption as God's children. In our adoption, we see various things happen. We're given a new position. Formerly, we were slaves, but now we're made sons and daughters of our Father in heaven. In our adoption, we're given a new legal standing. In Christ, we're declared not guilty of our sins. God grants us the perfect satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness of Christ. So we may stand before God undefiled, pure and innocent in His sight. In our adoption, we're also given a new image. We're renewed in the image of Christ. The Spirit renews us so that more and more we delight in doing God's will. So you see, beloved, how we need to know Who Christ is, to know who we are in Him. We need to confess Christ as God's eternal Son, to share in the privilege of being God's dearly loved children. This brings us to our second point. You know, consider Christ's authority. In the Old Testament, God is often referred to as the Lord. Lord, is spelt in capital letters. It's a reference to God's name, Yahweh. The Jews were afraid to say this name in case they might blaspheme God's holy name. It is through his name, Yahweh, that God made himself known as our faithful covenant God. Now, when the Old Testament scriptures were translated into Greek, the Greek word kurios was used to translate the sacred name of God. And so long before the New Testament period, the word Lord came to refer to God himself. The word Lord is used in the New Testament in this way. On more than one occasion, Jesus refers to God as the Lord. Yet what's remarkable about the New Testament is that it's now Jesus who is regularly referred to As the Lord. A word once used to refer to God has now come to refer to Jesus Christ. In some instances, this word is used as little more than a polite form of respect. Think, for example, of how some of the unbelieving Jews addressed Jesus as Lord. Yeah, what's astonishing is that in the vast majority of cases, Jesus is called Lord because people recognize his lordship over us. To understand this, we need to know what it means to call someone Lord. It's a word that used to have more common usage in the English language. It refers to a person who has dominion over others a master, a chief, a ruler. A Lord is someone who has ownership or possession of something, who exercises authority over it. In many ways, Lord is synonymous with king. The reason why we call Jesus the Lord is because he's our master, our king. We call him Lord because he has authority over us, because he exercises kingship over this world. In a reading from Matthew 22, Jesus asked the Jewish leaders, how is it possible for for David to call his son Lord? Because of their unbelief, they were not willing to admit that Christ, who was David's son, was at the same time God's son, that he was therefore greater than his father David. They were unwilling to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. The apostles later made it very clear that Jesus was Lord. In a sermon on the day of Pentecost, Peter quotes extensively from the Old Testament to show that Christ is the Messiah sent from God. And one of the texts he quotes from is that same Psalm 110. The text Jesus referred to in questioning the Jewish leaders about why David called his son Lord. Peter says, For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, "Sit up my right hand until I make my enemies your footstool. David called his son Lord because he was the Messiah. Peter concludes that God has made this Jesus, whom the Jews crucified, both Lord and Christ. On the basis of this message, Peter calls God's covenant people to repent and to believe the good news of salvation Up to now, we've seen why Jesus is called Lord. It's because he's the Son of God, whom the Father has given dominion over all things. Yet our catechism puts a different emphasis on this question. It asks, why do you call him our Lord? In other words, what is Jesus' relationship with us all about? Why do we, God's children, call Jesus our Lord? The relationship between God's Son and us is a very intimate one. We call Jesus our Lord because of what he has done for us. He has ransomed us from all our sins. With his precious blood, he has made the payment needed to redeem us. He has bought us. He has made us his own possession. We're no longer slaves of sin or Satan. Instead, Christ is our master, our owner, our Lord. It's a wonderful blessing to be able to confess Jesus Christ as our Lord. We're comforted by the fact that God's Son, who's now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, is our master. Christ is ruler of heaven and earth. He has control over our lives. We're safe in his hands. He's promised to defend and preserve us against all our enemies. He's promised to preserve us in the redemption that he has obtained for us. Now, confessing Jesus as Lord involves more than this. See, beloved, it's one thing to say that Jesus is Lord. It's another to believe it and to live out of it. Like many in this world, we struggle to live under the lordship of Christ. So often we like to think that we're our own boss, that we're in control of our own destiny, that we can chart our own direction in life. By nature, we seek to do what's right in our own eyes. Submission to another is difficult. Yet the reality of life is that no man is in charge of himself and his own life. Those who think so are kidding themselves. There's only two possibilities. Scripture teaches us that either we are slaves of sin and under the mastery of Satan, or else we're slaves of righteousness living under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Each one of us is being ruled by another master. And so the question is, beloved, who is in charge of your life? Are you a slave of sin under the mastery of Satan? Or do you live under the lordship of Jesus Christ? Beloved, who is it that determines what we do with our lives? Who's in charge when we make decisions about a life's partner or what kind of career we want to follow? Is Christ Lord of how we use our time and of how we spend our money? Who determines what music we listen to, what programs we watch, what internet sites we visit? Do we allow ourselves to be governed by our feelings? and desires? Or do we give heed to the instruction of God's holy word? Jesus warned in Matthew seven twenty one, saying, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Truly confessing Christ as Lord involves submission. We're to be subject to the king, to heed his word. We need to learn to live obedient lives to the honor and the glory of God. Sometimes we view this as being burdensome. By nature, we want freedom. Freedom to do our own thing. And yet, an actual fact, that is not freedom to be a slave of sin. Is really not a lot of fun. Just look at all the negative consequences sin has in the lives of those who follow their own desires. Subjection to Jesus Christ is totally different. For Christ is not a harsh taskmaster. Our Master Jesus Christ is not cruel but gentle, not heavy handed but lowly in heart. Christ does not use his authority to domineer over us for his benefit. He uses it to lead and guide us on the pathways of life so we can share in his blessings forevermore. We need to realize, beloved, that God's commandments are not burdensome. He has given them to us for our benefit. They are for our good always. The living in subjection to Christ means that we experience the joy of living in close fellowship with Him, the peace of knowing that all is right between God and us. Clearly, we cannot live this way in our own strength. Yet Christ has given us the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in His ways. By the Spirit. By the Spirit's power and might, we're enabled to live under the lordship of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we see, beloved, what it means to confess Jesus as the only begotten Son of God and as our Lord. It means we know Christ's identity, that He's the Son of God, our mediator. He's the one who came to restore us to the wonderful position of being God's dear children. It also means we recognize Christ's Lordship, that we submit our whole life to him and allow ourselves to be governed by his word and spirit. It's in this way that we can live as joyful children of God, depending on his grace in Christ for all we need from day to day. Amen. In response to the gospel message, let's rise and sing together from hymn 24. Hymn 24 stands as 1, 2, 4, and 6.